Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new week, new edition of Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly podcast here on KPRC 2 Plus and click2houston.com. If we are counting correctly, and I think we are, this marks episode number uh, 52. So, uh, yeah, is that one? That's one, one year we've year. been doing this. It feels like a little longer, actually. But uh, I think this is episode 52, so a little milestone for Houston Sports Weekly. Randy McAvoy, Ari Alexander with you. Segment two, Chancellor Johnson will uh, check in as well. He'll have much more uh, to get to uh, on this week's edition of the podcast. But this first segment, uh, we're going to talk UVH Cougar uh, football and just sports in general. Ari and I earlier this week went to Arlington uh, for Big 12 football media days and you walk into AT&T Stadium, it, it, it sunk in like this This is real. This is happening right now. Yeah, it feels big for the Houston Cougars to, uh, to finally, after years and years of trying to be in the Big 12, and you look at their schedule and you see the the Texases, the Oklahomas, I know they're leaving, but the OK States, <laughs> the Baylors, the TCUs, those teams showing up on the schedule, it's a huge deal, and it's going to be a big step up in recruiting. It's a big step up financially, but then you look at that preseason poll and they're 12th, it's obviously going to be a big challenge. Yeah, we had a chance to talk to some of the players uh, on Wednesday when the Cougars were there, uh, when they had, what, three or four players there. They had Dana Holgerson, Chris uh, Pesman, the athletics director. and uh, They're all going in. They know the holes on this team going in. They lost some people. You don't have Clayton Toon all of a sudden, so you got to hope you can find your quarterback, and they feel like they've got one, the kid out of Texas Tech, uh, Brandon. Uh, Donovan Smith. I mean, I'm sorry, Donovan Smith. I was going to say Brandon Smith. Donovan Smith, who has 21 games experience in the Big 12, so at least you got a guy that knows this league well. Yeah, you got also a guy who has some weapons. Uh, Brandon Campbell, the running back out of uh, Katie and Pearland and Lamar Consolidated, uh, is in the backfield, the transfer from USC. Your receivers, you have uh, Matthew Golden who from Klein Kane, who yeah. was going to go to TCU, and now he's at UH. He works out in the summer with all these uh, these other receivers, these the Tank Dells of the world, mm-hmm. uh, NFL guys. And then Joseph Manjack, who transferred back, kid from Tomball Memorial, transferred back to uh from USC, again, they keep pillaging USC. Back to yep. UH, and then the offensive line is good. You have a potential first-round pick in Patrick Paul at left tackle to protect Donovan Smith. There are some guys there. They have some horses, but at the same time, it is just different lining up week to week versus you know Tulsa, and then you got ECU versus Oklahoma State and Texas back-to-back. Right. right, they're going to sell a lot of tickets. They're doing great on that season ticket front. They harped on that, so they're excited about that, and they're going to all of a sudden find out what TDECU is like with a full house, and that's definitely going to be the case uh, probably most home weeks. And they've got a lot of home games, and they're playing in the state of Texas quite a bit. I think they're only leaving the state twice all season long. So, uh, hey, we got a chance to catch up with longtime uh, U of H beat writer from the Houston Chronicle, Joseph Dorte. He was there in Arlington as well. Ari and I had a conversation with Joseph, so we're going to play that right now talking U of H football. All right, we're here inside of AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Big 12 Conference Football Media Day. R and I making the rounds and catching up with longtime U of H Cougar uh, beat writer for the Houston Chronicle, Joseph Duarte. Uh, man, how's it? How, we can all weigh in here. It just feels different. It's the Big 12 Conference. It's it feels like it's settling in now. Hey, this is for real here. Yeah, we've been to a few of these, just not Big 12 in Houston. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's sort of like a family reunion now. Some of the families got a little older since Houston was last in the league, uh, but it, it's uh, it's a spectacle. I mean, this is something that Houston's not not only been waiting the last two years to officially join, but the last 27, yeah. and uh, to see some of the schools and some of the mascots, uh, it really 
puts things into, you know, it's, it's here now and it's ready to get to work. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we're we're here in this building, right? I think if you're an AAC school, they don't even let you in the door. So <laughs> it's good to, to come in here, see that that this is the facilities that, that they're welcoming the University of Houston to. This is a league, and I know Texas and Oklahoma are leaving soon, but when you go down the line and just big-name schools with big financial budgets that have a lot of history, that make the big-time bowl games, and even if Houston is picked 12th, you still get to fill those seats because you know how many – Baylor grads and Texas grads, et cetera, are in the city of Houston. There's going to be a lot of people interested every single Saturday, and you can't take a week off, you can't take a game off, uh, especially if you want to see some, some big-name teams. Talking with uh, Chris Pesman, we were all over there uh, just a little while ago, and talking about the, the you hit on the expenses. There's a, so many moving parts when you make the transition to this level in the Big 12 Conference. you got to be ready to go. And I, I asked him, and I think some, a couple people asked him too, this expectations, like, Year one, what's your, what, how big do you want to win here? Well, from day number one, he said, you know, a few weeks ago, look, they're not just coming in to get a paycheck. Yeah. Now that paycheck's pretty large compared to what they're used to getting, but just the, the to be competitive. You don't want to come in your first year and just completely flop. You've seen some of the projections: four wins, five wins. He wants a bowl game. Yeah. They want it, that means six wins. Anything after that, I think, is cherry on top because I mean you're right this is going to be a, a tough league to navigate and we're not just talking on the field we're talking financially you know he mentioned Houston will be probably 95 million you're 115 and if you're you know towards the top not counting Texas and OU so there's some room to, to gain but overall I think they you know they need to set the bar for a bowl game in their first year. Seems like recruiting's gone still going well for Dana he's got holes to fill but you know, they may take their lumps. You know, in the Big 12 Conference every week, there are no easy games. Yeah, well, there's some guys that they're starting to get, even the past two years before they moved into the Big 12, who are players that would normally not go to the University of Houston or were committed elsewhere or transferred back. Some of the best players in the city, uh, Brandon Campbell is a name. He went to USC. Joseph Manjack, he went to USC. Uh, Matthew Golden was committed to TCU at one point. They were just in the playoff, and then he ended up staying home at Houston. And so uh, Anthony Holmes, a uh, defensive lineman, he was committed to Virginia, right? These guys were all looking at Power 5 schools. Something kept them home, and then now they're getting rewarded by moving into the Big 12. They're selling tickets. Fans are on board, no doubt about that. Yeah, I think they were about 25,000-plus, uh, hold 40. Mm -hmm. So, no, that's you got to have sellouts on game days now that you're in the Big 12. There's there's no reason any fan who's complained for the last 20 years, this or that, Tulsa's coming to town, Tulane, East Carolina. you got Baylor. you got to fill it up. Yeah, you got to fill it up. Yeah. And, and I think the worry is – is how much of it's going to be the opposing team versus Houston. Yeah. Got to eliminate that. But, you know, the key words out of all this, we've heard the haves and the have not. They are a have now. And I think that's the big takeaway from beginning today of what we can expect because they now are on a level playing field and now it's what they do with it. Yeah, good point on the tickets because they want red in those stands. And uh, Pez was saying that when UT comes to town, they're only going to get 2,000 tickets. So. Will the Cougar fans get the message that do not go sell those tickets? Hold on to them. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, you know, how many times have you seen games in the past where, you know, well, they haven't had a sellout since the, the Louisville game in, in 16, but, you know, right. you'll, you'll go to games here and you'll see a lot of opposing fans in the stand. But, no, this is – you're going to get this on the road where you're going to be the, the, the minority in terms of the fan base. You're going to need to pack it in in your in your own stadium. So we wrap it up, Dana Holgerson. Um, he knows all about this league. Um, what what kind of pressure, and I'll start with you, Ari, is on 
he thinks on Dana now to at least put a competitive team out there, even if the more losses that he wants, but in a competitive way to kind of make that statement in your mind? I would say first couple of years, not as much pressure to win, but you bring up the word competitive, you have to be competitive. If they go in and they get killed and they're losing, you know, 41 to 14 every game and they're three and nine, yeah, then you start to look at what are we doing here? What? Why is this the staff that, that is here for this Big 12 school? I think if they can keep the games close and keep competitive, like you mentioned, they're losing to Baylor or they're losing to TCU by a touchdown or, or two touchdowns or it's a close game throughout or you can see the brand of football that they play is commensurate with what the league has, then I think you give him time to build up because the recruiting is okay. Houston does a fairly decent job. The facilities are okay. They're starting to build up in that aspect. I think that if you can stay competitive, even if you go five and seven, but you're in the games and you look okay, I think it's fine. But you cannot get blown out week after week. What do you think, Joseph? You know, he was always going to get this year, and you know, he just signed a new a new extension or a new contract. Uh, but last September, when when they were coming off that two, two lane loss, seat got a lot warmer and. I think, like Ari said, there's some things that he, they need to do to be competitive and also the recruiting part of it, and they've done a good job of getting some of those guys in. Yeah. Uh, you know, just those things. You don't want to go in and be 2-10 and ele- uh, two and ten in your first year or 3-9, and nine, and then that just shows that you're just a long way off more than you'd think. Um, but I, I think that he's in a position where they want to give him some time. They think that he can win here, mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't want to go anywhere, so mm-hmm. why not You know, let this thing ride out, and, and hopefully within year two you're – you're making some noise. All right, Big 12 football uh, media day in the books in Arlington as you're listening to this, and uh, now it's on to start a camp. Games will be here before we know it, but uh, it's official. It's real now. Cougars are in the Big 12 as of July 1, but it really felt big and for real here inside of AT&T Stadium. Joe's Duarte, longtime beat writer, Houston Chronicle. Great insight as always, man. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. All right, special thanks to uh, Joseph Dorte. Good conversation there. He was running around all over the place like all of us were on the field on Wednesday. Uh, just a great feeling, and he's a guy that's been around uh, this program for a long time. And, you know, he pointed out uh, th- some concerns going in, but some strength that they have as well. And no respect going in, so there's no pressure on U of H, although being the new program in the league – even Chris Pesman said, he, he said, we've got to win enough to get to a bowl game. Yeah, and be competitive. I think the pressure yeah. on them is to just not embarrass yourself, not fall flat on your face and go into to play in Oklahoma State or Texas and lose by 40. You, yeah. gotta, you are Houston, right? You're based in one of the biggest cities in the country. You are recruiting four-star kids at several different positions. You have potential NFL players on your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston has done a better job of producing NFL talent than some Power 5 teams. I, I used to cover Arizona, and they would go like every other year they wouldn't have a single guy the, picked no on the roster, picks. or Man. they'd have like one or two the years in between. I think if you go back between like now and 2015, or even like make it 10 years, 2013, I'm willing to bet Houston has more NFL draft picks than Arizona does. Probably so. And they've played I mean, each other a couple times, and Houston typically would win those games. And so they are they play like a Power 5 school, and now they are a Power 5 school, and so you kind of mm-hmm. have to show it. it. Even if you go 5-7 and seven or you go 4-8, and eight, yeah. if you're losing by two touchdowns to Texas, no one's going to be embarrassed. Yeah, that. exactly. Pesman talked about it too because people think immediately they're getting all this money, and they will eventually, but it's interesting how it's staggered. They're going to get a portion of it this year. The following year, get a little bit more. They're not fully – they're not going to get full lot of, of cash. Yeah. yeah, Everything that goes with being in the Big 12 until three calendar years. It's going to take that long. But they're going to gradually get there. 
And uh, they got the new building, the $150 million building, I think, that's going to start up in December. So they're definitely getting the support. Dana Holgerson knows that. But as he put it yesterday, I've also got to do my part. I've got to put a competitive team out there, and we've got to win some football games and, and be competitive out there and uh, maybe pull off a shocker or two. They got a good schedule. Uh, they opened with UTSA season opener. Really, you know, we all saw what they did a year ago and where that program has gone. I think they opened with them. And then they got Rice, Sam Houston, conference opener September 16th at home against TCU. And they've also got Texas coming to town, uh, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. It's going to be a fun year. Yeah, no, it's good to see them play in the Big 12. It's been like I went to school at Mizzou before they went to the SEC. Yeah. And I remember the Big 12 every year. This is like the original, right? Nebraska, Colorado, Big 12. Right. Um, and, and it was fun. It was fun. You know, the rivalries and, you know, the iconic mascots and the, some of the stadiums. It's just different yeah. to see them in there. All right. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Cougar football in the Big 12. Cougar sports in the Big 12. And it all sank in at uh, Big 12 Football Media Days. All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, we will hand it off to uh, KPRC 2 Sports reporter uh, Chancellor Johnson. He's going to handle Segment 2, special guest as well, coming up when we come back on Houston Sports Weekly. Hey, welcome back to Houston Sports Weekly. My name is Chancellor Johnson, getting you ready for Segment 2. We have... Uh, a fun one for this one. Talking all things Houston Rockets at Summer League in Las Vegas. If you're a Rockets fan, there's a lot you should be smiling about. The players, the important ones, I should say, looked great. We'll kind of go through each of them. And we have a special guest joining us with insight on one of their rookies. That is Villanova's head coach, Kyle Neptune, giving us some details on what Cam Whitmore was like while he was a Wildcat up there in Villanova and what the Houston Rockets are getting in their, what they hope to believe is a star wing in the near future in Cam Whitmore. But first things first, we will start with the first couple of days or the first couple of games of the Las Vegas Summer League. Jabari Smith and Tari Eason, they looked absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. In the very first game, Jabari Smith he struggled in that first half, and I, like many others, were a little bit concerned because this is year two in the league. He's gone through an 82-game season, and he had his ups and downs, probably a little bit more downs than you would have liked for your number three overall pick, but he showed flashes. So you go through some of the summer. He plays during summer league, and in the first half, he didn't look good. He didn't look comfortable. He didn't look like a guy who had already been through one year in the NBA. And then the second half came, and he torched them. He had 18 points in the third quarter alone. He ended up finishing that game with 33 points, and if you watch that game with .5 seconds left, Tari Eason throws it over his shoulder, to Jabari Smith, who is like running, catches it, throws it up, and knocks down a buzzer beater to give them the win over the Portland Trailblazers and finishes the game with 33 points. Once he got into a groove, there was no stopping him. Then on the other side, Tari Eason. Tari looked comfortable from the, from the gate, from the get-go. He finished with the big night himself in that first game, and really Jabari and Tari throughout these first two games of the Rocket Summer League have looked like varsity players 
playing against JV, and that's exactly what you want to see. And Jabari was finding his shot. Tari Eason was bullying teams. Poor Pistons. I mean, he was, how do you want it? You want a jumper? I'll give you that. You want me to take you to the rack? I'll give you that. I'll snag a rebound or two or three or eight. What we are, uh, what we've been accustomed to seeing from Tari Eason, and then that's just offensively. You get to the defensive side of the ball, and both of them wreak havoc. Their length is going to bother teams throughout the season, and I think it's going to bother Ime Udoka trying to figure out how am I going to get all these guys minutes. You just signed Dylan Brooks to a massive four years, now $86 million guaranteed contract. And if Tar Easton is playing the way that he's playing and Jabari Smith is playing the way he's playing, you have, you have Cam Whitmore, which we'll get to in a minute, coming off the bench. He might have to sit this year out. It's just, just the way it's looking right now, unless he just continues to earn his keep as well. And then you have the other rookie, Amin Thompson, who in his – Start against the Portland Trailblazers, the highly anticipated matchup between he and Scoot Henderson. He looked really good, showing you why you drafted a guy like that that high. The playmaking ability. His defensive ability as well. Wreaking havoc on that end of the court. And his ability to get to the rack. I love what I saw from Amin Thompson. I think they, they did well on that. But of course, at the end of the day, it's just Summer League. Unfortunately, he got hurt in the fourth quarter. Like two minutes of the game. He goes up trying to make a block, and then he lands like on the guy, messes up his ankle. He's done for summer league. And it just sucks because he looks so good, and I wanted to see him play more. I'm sure the Rockets did too to give him some more experience. But he looked good. So Amin Thompson, check. Jabari Smith, definitely check. He's sitting out. Tari Eason, same case. He's sitting out, check. So check, check, check. The other guy, Cam Whitmore, in his first game, he was – Still trying to settle in a little bit. Didn't have a great first game, but he did some nice things. Showed some flashes. Second game, he improved. He, he looked a little bit more comfortable, settled in. And then in his latest game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, he finished with 16 points. And it seemed like each game has gotten a little bit more and more comfortable. And he reminds me a little bit of, like, Anthony Edwards. Now, mind you, Anthony Edwards, I think, is probably – a top five young player in this league. When you look at like the guys like Steele or John Morant when he's away from his his BS, as we'll say, uh, you know, a Zion, a LaMelo ball, I think Anthony Edwards is, is right there in that mix. So if you can get that at Cam Whitmore, Rafael Stone, congratulations on a job well done in the draft. But for more on Cam Whitmore and who the Houston Rockets are getting in him, I went to a guy who knows him very well, his head coach, from Villanova, Kyle Neptune joined me in studio. Take a listen to what he had to say. We are pleased to welcome in the head coach of one of the top programs in college basketball, Kyle Neptune of the Villanova Wildcats. Coach, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, last year was your first year on the job, and in comes this 6'7", 230-pound freshman out of Baltimore, Maryland. How vital was he to the success of your program in your first year? Uh, I mean, it, the, the one thing that uh, a lot of people uh, forget is how young Cam is. Um, he was so valuable to what we did last year. Um, you know, even though he missed a good portion of the uh, of the early season um, and, and didn't really get to his feet under him uh, early, 
especially trying to like gain his own identity as a player uh, before the year started because he was injured. He came in and right away made a big splash uh, and kind of uh, helped us you know, by the end of the season be the best team we could be. Now, a lot of times when we talk about some of the top freshmen in college basketball, most of the time we kind of attribute that to their scoring ability or their scoring net. Knack. With Cam, he certainly has that, but one thing that stood out to me was his rebounding ability and his cutting. How rare is that as a true freshman coming into college basketball? I agree. I agree. He, he rebounds. He really rebounds. Uh, he's so physical, uh, and he can just go get uh, to balls that most people can't get to. Uh, and then he just does have that knack for moving without the ball. Um, we utilize them uh, that way a lot. Um, but I, I do th- think that his true talent is a scorer like he, he's such a uh, has, has a unique uh, mindset for scoring and he, he does it in a lot of different ways you know it's only been a couple of games into summer league and his new teammate Tari Eason called him special why might that be I mean it's very rare to have the entire package that he does um, his size um, his body um, his vertical athleticism uh, and then his body control, um, and, and then his thought process and his mind for scoring. Uh, to have all those things uh, is extremely unique. You talked about all of those attributes right there, and he was a surefire lottery pick heading into the draft. But as you're watching on draft night, he falls out of the top five, then the top ten, and then drops all the way to 20 with the Houston Rockets. As that's happening, you're thinking what? Um, you know, I, I uh, you know, if, at Villanova, we have a word we use, it's called attitude. Mm. Um, and I was you know, hoping that he got picked every single pick mm. as it went. Um, but at, at the same time, I thought, all right, well, let's keep a good attitude. Um, and we knew that eventually he would be picked. Um, and I think he has a great home now in Houston. Talking about Cam Whitmore in that draft process, there were people who were saying maybe it's because he was a little more of a quiet kid. But who is he kind of off the court? I mean, I, Cam is a great person to be around. Um, I don't think there's one person in our program that would say they had a negative interaction with him. Uh-huh. Um, he's a great teammate. Um, he's a, a, a great person to hang out with. Uh, and I think his teammates and I think the city of Houston will, will, uh, will see that very soon. You're obviously speaking very highly of him um, as you believe he has a bright future. But if he does blank or if he improves on blank, he will shine even brighter. What would that be for you? I, like I, 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 I try to say this in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really feel like Cam Whitmore uh, is made for the NBA. Mm. I, I really feel like his game is going to translate there. Um, you know, again, our season was kind of derailed early because of an injury and then having to jump in randomly in the middle of the season for a freshman, I thought was really tough. And I thought he did a great job. And, and now I feel like he's ready to take off. Um, I think people will be very uh, surprised at what he's capable of. Coach, I'm not going to lie to you. There might have been a lot of Rockets fans who may have not seen a ton of Villanova games. They were probably watching a bunch of U of H here. But what do they need to know about what they're getting in Cam Whitmore? I think they're getting a great person um, and a very special talent um, that has a unique, uh, unique mindset. And I think he's going to strive for greatness. Coach, we appreciate you for joining us today. Thanks for your time. Thank you. So that was his head coach from Villanova, Kyle Neptune. Appreciate him for taking some time to speak with us. 
thought he gave us some really good insight. And, you know, one thing that, like, I really liked and we touched on earlier was how much Cam Whitmore has shown flashes on doing some of the other little things when he's not scoring the ball, when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's cutting. He's an excellent cutter. And with his size and his athleticism, it creates a lot of easy baskets. So you think about Cam Whitmore and you pair that up with a guy like Alperen Shangun, who's going to find you if you're open. Pair that up with Amin Thompson, who has shown the ability to look for others and create for others. He's going to fit in nicely next to him. Fred, Fred Van Vliet, the guy you just gave a max contract to, uh, uh, a, a point guard that the team desperately need, he's going to find Cam Whitmore when he doesn't need the ball in his hands. Because the Houston Rockets already have a number of guys who kind of need that in his hands, need the ball in their hands, Jalen Green, Alperen Shangun, to really be successful. So if Cam Whitmore can find ways to succeed without give me the ball, let me dribble, 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 has he, has he tween, tween? I think he'll really carve out a role for the Houston Rockets maybe sooner rather than later uh, than expected with, as I mentioned, some of the log jams at wing. So, listen, first few games through Summer League, the Houston Rockets were 3-0, and so they were undefeated at the time. And it's a lot to like. It's a lot to be excited about, especially if Jabari Smith can't take that next step. And we haven't even seen how Alperen Shangun and Jalen Green have improved going from year two to year three. I would not be surprised at all if come April, we're not talking about just a playing team, maybe the last team sneaking into the playoffs at number six. I say that because you have your coach, Nime Adoka, paid him a lot of money to be the guy here. He's got his guys bringing in Fred Van Vliet, a fringe-level all-star. Dylan Brooks, who is a second-team all-defensive player. And you create that defensive identity, and you pair that with guys taking that next step, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. But I think minimum play-in is a must for this team. And I think they can do it. Appreciate you listening. As always, see Houston Sports Weekly. We will see you guys next week.